Hello, I'm Tristan Miller, and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality of mental health in the arts. This week's guest is Matthew Storrs, a comedian and writer. We have a conversation about dyslexia, ADHD, going through a divorce, and of course, comedy. Here he is talking about his experience with being first diagnosed. When I was a kid, my dad, uh, he uh, did uh, criminal defense. Mm. And so he did a lot of murder cases, everything like that. I'm like, hey, this is kind of weird. Like, I feel like I'm not like picking up on everything and I'm not like like interacting how I see other people interacting. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, OK, cool. And he's like, well, uh, we can take you to a doctor if you want to do that. Or you can read this book. Uh, and he gave me the DSM four. Uh, and he, <laughs> the whole thing. Whole thing. And he's like, go through it. Let me know what you think you have, and then we'll we'll take you to a doctor. And I ended up, you know, going to a doctor and got anxiety, ADD, all these things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, that was a very bad thing to do to a child. To be like, yeah, to hey, read uh, this book full of mental disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, Pick one. Pick one. Pick one <laughs> that you think you have. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I have a lot of the symptoms of a lot of these things, mm-hmm. and I can't pronounce most of these words. Yeah. This program is brought to you in part by Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller to support us there, along with all my other internet content, including a video essay series called Mental Health in the Media, and you can find that on YouTube at Tristan J. Miller. All right, let's get into this a good interview. Now, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Um, you're a lawyer. How did you start doing that? Why? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Why I, law? Um, well, because uh, I graduated, or I was about to graduate from college, and it was 2009. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was like, okay, so what graduate school can I go to to stop, you know, to prevent myself from going into the workplace? Because yeah. I have a creative writing degree, there are no jobs yeah. for this. Uh, you know, I'm not. You know, there. Are, you know, creative uh, agencies. Uh, anything. No one's. No one's hiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, my most of my family, uh, my parents, and my eldest brother are attorneys. So I'm like, okay, well that makes sense. I'm kind of like reared into the law. Mm-hmm. Um, then I took a couple of the you know advanced. Uh, graduate school tests sure. did the best on the LSATs, so I'm like, oh, I'll do that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went and started doing that, and uh, at the time I was in a relationship. I got into several schools around the country, mm-hmm. uh, and so then I was in a relationship, and I was convinced, and I kind of like generally uh, justified it too. I can't, you know, lay it on her. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is ultimately my decision. But we decided uh, for me to go to a for-profit school in the city, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, subsequently uh, dissolved. It no longer <laughs> exists. Uh, so that's a, that's a fun dynamic. But at the mm-hmm. time, it was a very good school. Mm-hmm. Uh, just immediately <laughs> after me, it stopped being a good school. So I can't believe you destroyed a school. I, I did. I mm-hmm. basically, if I really want to break it down, like... <laughs> I did. Uh, so, you know, I took all they all they could, had to offer and just, you know, they couldn't give anything more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you now do comedy as I well. I do, yeah. So I started uh, doing comedy. I, I started, in, you know, the 
kind of a weird dynamic. I don't know if you've encountered it, but maybe it's not that weird. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll find see. out in about 15 <laughs> seconds. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so in, uh, when I was 18, yeah. uh, I was like, oh, you know, I was going to Arizona State. So I was like, hey, uh, there's an improv right down the street. I want to do stand-up oh, comedy. Nice. Yeah. Let's do stand-up comedy. Then uh, that was uh, during the time period of Last Comic Standing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Last Comic Standing's coming. I'm going to do Last Comic Standing. Uh, so I got a bit together and stood in line, was the last person they saw of the day, oh, no. um, had performed once, maybe twice. Oh, my gosh. Uh, for college radio. And you won Last Comic Standing. I did. I yeah. won Last Comic Standing. And, then, you know, I did not. Uh, they were like, your shirt doesn't fit you. Um <laughs> You need to change a shirt, but you are funnier than the last, like, 10 to 15 people uh-huh. that we saw. Mm-hmm. But how long have you been doing this? I'm like, uh, this is my third time. They're like, it shows, but keep doing it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. You know, producers of NBC. Yeah. Uh, so that's nice. Yeah. Um, so, but then uh, locally in Phoenix, uh, Tempe, Scottsdale, all that, at that time period, uh, there weren't a lot of places you could perform if mm-hmm. you were under 21. And so yeah. I very quickly burned through uh, the one or two places I could perform at. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, okay, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I was mostly focused on performing and writing in college. Mm-hmm. And then when I turned 21, I started getting back into it. And then throughout law school, I started doing it too. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that point, uh, I got a side job. Uh, I was working throughout law school. Um at Stand Up Live, which was the competing club that literally was across the street from my my law school. Uh, So that worked out fairly well. Mm -hmm. And so I started producing an open mic for them Mm -hmm. and helping produce some other shows and stuff like that and just kept doing it from there. Yeah. Um, And then was that where you were producing shows where you met Hattie? Yeah, yeah. So uh, she came to... Hattie, your girlfriend. Yes, Hattie, my girlfriend, yes. Um, so she came to an open mic. So we, we moved from, so eventually the people that own Stand Up Live bought the improv. Ooh. Um, so we eventually moved our open mic from, uh, Phoenix to Tempe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she came to, I want to say one of the last ones in Phoenix. I don't really remember, honestly, <laughs> um, because she was performing on the open mic portion. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool, because uh, it was like a book. It was the fun, like, you know, small uh, or secondary market. Mm-hmm. This is a booked open mic. Oh, and fun. And those are, those are just like, okay, so you're still going to have generally the same 15 to 20 comics that come each month. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have all the same people that come for the open mic with the 15 to 20 slots afterwards. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> people love that. Uh, but, yeah, so she did that. Uh, didn't really uh, know her too well. Uh, at all, actually, I guess is what I would say at that point. <laughs> uh, and then a couple weeks later, uh, we had a mutual friend who was a uh, producer of like storytelling shows in yeah. town. And he uh, had suggested me for a show, a variety show they wanted to put on, mm-hmm. uh, which was to some degree a ripoff of another show in the city. Uh <laughs> And so oh, I'm so glad that stand up is the same everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and so uh, Hattie was the main host. I was supposed to be uh, the uh, like you know sidekick, effectively. Sure. And at least that's how I interpret it. Uh huh. And so I got tagged in it, 
Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and I'm like, this looks really interesting, and I've been wanting to do something like this. Mm-hmm. And like, it was basically an educational variety show. Mm-hmm. And so I messaged Hattie, and I'm like, hey, I was tagged in this. Uh, I know nothing about it. What is this? <laughs> uh, and I still showed up, and the first show went great. We had immediate chemistry and immediately played off each other really well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, kept doing that show, and a bunch of other stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we started dating. Yeah. Um, what's it like? Do you still produce shows with her? Uh, I do. I typically try and help her with the shows that she does. Okay. Um, and then I have a couple shows that I do. Like since I've been in New York, I've done. Uh, I produced a couple shows, and including the show I started in uh, Phoenix, which is called mm-hmm. The Stores Objection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so you know, usually we just help each other out when the with the shows that we're we're putting on. Mm-hmm. So what's that dynamic like working with someone who's your significant other? Uh, it's pretty, pretty easy. It's pretty yeah. effective. Um, you know, in my uh, prior relationship. So it's a uh, your Richard prior relationship, my Richard prior relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, uh, Marlon Brando. Same. Yeah. Anyway, same same thing. Yeah. And <laughs> in that relationship, uh, she was a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. So like it was great because it was like I get all these great graphic designs for my flyers. Uh, and uh, so that was really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. She had a very uh, creative, uh, analytic, like creative analytical mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really nice. But with Hattie, uh, it is uh, very distinctly different mm-hmm. uh, because while she does have you know creative and analytical uh, dynamic, she also uh, can anticipate me better. Hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. um, like in terms of like what my humor is, where I'm going with stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what things I am going to overlook until the last minute. So there's sure. a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, uh, helpfulness mm-hmm. in that. Do you think that comes from producing shows before you were in a relationship? So she's like, I know how you work objectively. Right. I think to some degree that is that is part of it. And just her personality mm-hmm. and her emotional uh, her emotional wealth as well mm-hmm. uh, to just be like, OK, how do I communicate with you and how do I anticipate your needs and mm-hmm. some really really loving and caring uh, uh personality traits that she has good um and you like bounce jokes off of each other because you're both comedians yeah 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 um so we'll you know just be bantering like uh like normal people do yes uh, and occasionally we'll say stuff you know like oh you got to tweet that you know mm-hmm. same standard thing or uh that's mine um <laughs> Or and occasionally there'll be stuff where like it'll be way too funny, and we'll just be like, okay, like one of us will call that somebody. It's like that's not your style of comedy though. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do that joke. Yeah. Uh, so it's like that's mine now. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, uh, you know, we're not. Um, it's it's really nice because I think one of the ways to build material is you know you have to form an opinion on something pretty quickly. No. And having a significant other that you're comfortable with to mm-hmm. be like, hey, I'm going to talk about this thing and I am not going to have a point to it, but here are the things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can build off of it or, you know, guide you down a different direction or make a kind of like, a, you know, like take it a different way mm-hmm. um, to make you think about it differently. And so that can really open up a lot of options. Yeah. Like almost like a, a debate. Yeah. Like you're trying to view it from all over. Um and you've been doing, like, ugh, I can't, for several years you've been doing comedy. And oh, been, yeah. For how many? 
Uh, I'd say now technically, yeah, about nine years. Okay, you yeah. can deduce your age from yeah. that if you want, listeners yeah. at home. Um, how? What was the process like of finding your own comedic voice? Because that's something you touched on. How did you find what you wouldn't say versus what you would on stage? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great... Uh, how, can I curse? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure. I don't mm-hmm. like cursing, but uh, for this story to be effective, mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably still not going to curse because I'm going to feel bad. Because <laughs> uh, I still feel really bad about it. Okay, but when I was in Where college, does that come from? Stop the story. Where does that come from? The fear of cursing. Uh, so I, um, I don't know. I cursed a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, I was the, I'm the youngest of three boys, so it was pure mm-hmm. cursing through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as time went on, I just stopped. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I still do it, um, but like effectively, um, I try, like, the first dynamic that I noticed when I was really trying not to do it was with kids, being mm-hmm. around kids. And it was like, I'm really going to be actively about not doing that. And then, like, in like the professional environment, of you know school and then law school and then the workplace it's like i can't like i yeah somebody said like hell no they said damn mm-hmm. uh during an office meeting <gasps> and they're like oh i'm sorry i mean ha-, you know like yeah, shoot really? or something wow. and i'm like it's damn yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's not even a bad one yeah that's so that's such that's incredible because it's like I think a lot of people don't realize how unprofessional the creative and entertainment uh, world is because, right. like, people are. I've been sworn at by people oh, yeah. on a set. Like, you just kind of deal with it, and move on. And it was never like malicious or anything, but it was like this or that. We need to get this done. Yeah. yeah. There's this weird urgency that, like, and everyone's like, eh, it's, you know, whatever. But that's really interesting. I, I found also growing older and older the less i want to curse because it seems like unnecessary right it's just like well why why do that if you can and specifically i think and i'm sure this has something to do with the story that i'm going to prompt you to continue in a minute like on stage i try not to curse because like unless it really needs it it's it's going to limit your audience exactly if you get one person upset that Mm -hmm. it's like a virus and it spreads to everybody else yep um, but yeah, so in this, uh, so it was uh, in college. I had, I was probably so it was my sophomore year. So yeah, it was my beginning of my sophomore year. They were having like some like some event, and I got really lucky in college because people would tell me like, hey, this this organization's having an event. So like I got linked up. I hadn't done comedy in probably a year at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, linked up with uh, like the schools, like you know, events people. And did an event with them and like Theo Vaughn and stuff like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, I should. They're like, okay, yeah, you get 15 minutes. I'm like, I did comedy for like four months. <laughs> uh, and then I haven't done it since then. <laughs> that you should not be doing this. Uh, and then I tried to like, I want to take out my notes that are on in this spiral notebook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. It really hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that was frustrating. But a couple months after that, mm-hmm. I got another gig. Because I was like, I got, you know, that sucked, but I'm like, I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And this one was for a, like a church group, an ag- like a born again Christian group. Okay. And I was doing my jokes and I'm like, okay, so at that time, you know, it's first year of doing comedy, you're not going to be clean at all, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got an, I can edit this around, I can edit this around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then I, I hit a wall and I couldn't remember my jo- next joke and I, uh, started with a C 
and I said the C word. <gasps> um, and I'm like, and anyway, so yeah. <laughs> and it just went on, and it just I had another three minutes, and I'm like, everybody knows you said that. Why did you say that? It has nothing to do with anything. And like I, oh, that's not no. a word. Like uh, now, then, and like in my youth, I never do. But it was just like that weird mm-hmm. moment of just like, oh yeah. And you just say what's what's there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that was that was yeah. Out of uh, all the embarrassing things I've done on stage, um, so mm-hmm. that was a that was a probably uh, a, a first good indicator of things I shouldn't do on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as time got on, uh, Phoenix was a weird. It may still be in a lot of ways. Uh, of uh, there was like a, a growing dynamic of uh, the what's a good term? So like like the Louis C.K. like like I will make you feel something and then yeah. I'll make you laugh. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so the concept of like I'm gonna get an emotional response out of you, and regardless of whether or not you laugh at that. So long as I put it together well, mm-hmm. it's gonna be good. Sure. Um, and that you know that's what it gets filtered down into. So the, a couple small clubs got brought up, and like comedians turned club producers, uh-huh. um, that you know kind of had that. And so like there's a ton. Uh, there were like six sh- six uh, venues, so, like six like two A clubs, a couple B clubs, and two or three C clubs. So mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons of tons of stage time and like then you know all these open mics started opening up um, but that sort of dynamic of like get people to like uh, to feel something and then you know make them laugh whatever so like yeah. with my humor a lot of it especially early on was uh, based on wordplay mm-hmm. and uh, some absurdist stuff and then as time went on uh, it got more and more personalized mm-hmm. and uh, so you know I would go like embarrassing stories from my youth you know embarrassing stories from my marriage um, you know the that sort of that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and you know then you know build that out and figure out what would be the the best thing but at the same time there I ran into a problem of uh, where to draw the line with the truth yeah if that makes sense yeah. uh, because like to some degree and like the point so like I had one story and I feel I still feel bad about this um, but I had the same guy that brought me down uh, to help me uh, to bring me into the show that I did with Hattie mm-hmm. uh, he brought me I was doing storytelling shows because that's one thing I figured out and I'm like I have all these stories I don't know how to do them as comedy bits I'll do them as stories yeah. and we'll parse them down and figure it out sure and so one time I was, I was, I had this great story about how like I did me, I was in this group of football player and I was, I played football in high school and I mm-hmm. was the kid that was put in classes, um, with other football players to make sure they passed. <laughs> um, and so we were in a group project and we ended up doing something that was highly offensive in the group project, but we didn't understand, like, it, like we basically did stuff like. Like, it was all from a place of just, like, we legitimately don't understand that this is an offensive sure, thing. Sure, And so I try and get, you know, that point across in the story of, mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, like, this is, you know, kids being dumb and, like, trying to be creative with, like, the project. But also on some level, it's the teacher's fault for what they 
presents it. You know, they ask you to do a very serious issue, mm-hmm. and then we're like, do it creatively. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that wasn't being conveyed. Sure. So I was looking atrocious to like people, and I like that's one of the things that I've always been concerned about with comedy and just my personality in general, mm-hmm. because I always feel like, and I have evidence of this, <laughs> that anytime I'm in a group of people mm. and somebody then says, some of you need to do something different or some of you have been doing this. They are always talking about <laughs> me every sure. time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, basically this guy you know, pulled me out and he's like, hey, come, come get me, come get tea with me. And then he explained like, this is how this is being interpreted. I understand that you're trying to get something else out of it, but that's not where you're going. And I understand that may have been true mm-hmm. and that might be true. Exactly what happened, everything like that and how weird it is and like how it's a funny, you know, dynamic. But that's I know that's not the story that you want to be telling. And then I'm like, like just the veil comes off and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm being mm-hmm. offensive. I don't like I like it's getting a response. But mm-hmm. like that response, like I'm had gotten so inundated with just the emotional mm-hmm. uh, the, the the desire for that emotional response that I wasn't really like objectively looking at it yeah and so then when I brought it up with friends and uh I think I would, yeah uh they were like yeah yeah of course that's how it comes across I'm like why don't you tell me that <laughs> like that's you know who I am like yeah. you know that's not how I want to do things mm-hmm. so that uh led to uh some uh reinterpretation of things that I was doing and uh, trying to, you know, pull things together because, and then another thing is that a lot of my stuff is very, I try to keep, like try to keep it highbrow um, mm. and like very thoughtful, like you should listen to this and if you listen to this, this is going to be really funny. Mm-hmm. But if, uh, but then I started towing the line of like, if you don't listen to this all and you only listen to like the second part of it or anything like that you're going to be offended by it or like you're not going to understand it mm-hmm. and that led to a lot of a lot of troubles too <laughs> yeah um so you know that's a uh, you know f- figuring out those lines and just being mm-hmm. like okay like truly try and understand what you're going to say why you're going to say it and then go with it yeah it reminds me of a topic of conversation that's being had a lot which is um whether or not like someone is quote unquote joking about something offensive, right. like cl- like there's this whole response from a lot of comedians of like, well, clearly I don't actually think this. I'm joking, right? But at a certain point, the audience only knows that like five to ten minutes of who you are the right. first time they see you, right? And that seem it seems kind of linked. And I think the quicker, you, like you're saying, the quicker you learn to look at things objectively, like oh. Okay, so I shouldn't say these series of words together ever again. Right, exactly. Yeah. But going back to that um, incident where you said the C word, yeah. Matthew, um, that sounds a lot like like an intrusive thought or anxiety. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and in retrospect, would you qualify it as that? Oh, 100%. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a, an anxiety uh, episode for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's always been a lot. Like, I've always, uh, throughout my whole family, and basically everybody I've associated with has, you know, had some manifestation of anxiety or, you know, what have you. Um, but, yeah, that definitely, definitely was. And uh, one thing my parents did when I was a kid, I was like, hey, you know, like I'm, you know, I don't feel like I'm fully aware of everything. That's a, another thing about me. I'm like, I'm very 
um, comfortable, just like smoothing along, you know, just cruising mm-hmm. along and like, oh, this, the, like the subtext of that. Oh, yeah, I did not pick that up. You're just saying nice things. I'm happy about that. Three years <laughs> later. Oh, you were being really mean to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK, mm-hmm. cool. And now I'm angry about it. Three years later <laughs> when, I, when can... I, I can't I can't bring that up anymore. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, picking uh, picking it up too well. And then, like, people would have, like, disagreement. Like, shortly before I left Phoenix, uh, there was a kerfluffle. I think that's the way that you Is say it? that. Yeah, the technical uh, term. You're yeah, a lawyer. The, yeah. You know. And uh, <laughs> with uh, a group of friends and... You know, they're like, oh, yeah, so I'm not coming to your, you know, your going away party because this person might be there and I don't like how they interact with this other person. It's like, cool, it's my going away party. I don't care uh, if you actually are my friend, you will overlook that because it's mm-hmm. my going away party. Yeah. Um, and that's your last opportunity to see me. Um, and so there's a lot of dynamics of like me uh, being very trusting of people that. Uh, very clearly because of that subtext I'm not I'm overlooking that's deliberately overlooking that subtext of like Mm -hmm. they're being very mean to you Matt and you're letting them do that to you Mm -hmm. um so I have fewer of those people in my life now that's Uh, good you just stretch it out longer um (laughs) and uh but yeah no when I was a kid my dad uh he uh did uh criminal defense Mm-hmm. And so he did a lot of murder cases, everything like that. And I'm like, hey, this is kind of weird. Like, I feel like I'm not, like, picking up on everything. And I'm not, like, like interacting how I see other people interacting. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, cool. And he's like, well, uh, we can take you to a doctor if you want to do that. Or you can read this book. Uh, and he gave me the DSM-4. Uh, and he, <laughs> Just the whole thing. whole thing. And he's like... Go through it. Let me know what you think you have, and then we'll we'll take you to a doctor. And I ended up, you know, going to a doctor and got anxiety, ADD, all these things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, that was a very bad thing to do to a child. To you be think? like, yeah, to hey, read uh, this book full of mental disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, pick one. Pick one. Pick one <laughs> that you think you have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think I have a lot of the symptoms of a lot of these things, mm-hmm. and I can't pronounce most of these words. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, overall, as time went on, mm-hmm. you know, it became easier to understand, like, okay, this is because of this. This is, you're not getting this because you are going into, like, an anxiety hole. Mm-hmm. So you're you're disconnecting from the people that are being mean to you. So you, mm-hmm. you d- dismiss those thoughts, and then you just go along with things. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you're... Um, just getting distracted, you know, mm. by something. And so that's, uh, you know, once I had a better understanding of those things, I was better able to cope with it. But then mm-hmm. I'm also, uh, I also have uh, dyslexia, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 90% of comedians. And <laughs> so uh, that was a whole nother dynamic yeah. because that provided, you know, the the reading or literature class anxiety of like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, cool, cool. So uh, I'm coming up. Uh, I'm going to, okay, so there's 10 people mm-hmm. in front of me. And, okay, so each person's reading one sentence. Okay, so 10 sentences ahead. Okay, let's read the three sentences before, three sentences after. And then it's like, mm-hmm. cool, Matt, uh, you're up. What sentence are we on? Yep. Oh. Uh, so I, I'm very well prepared for the next three sentences, but not the sentence you mm-hmm. want. Uh, and then, you know, you mispronounce something, and then you mispronounce something that uh, it is below your grade level, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's it's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, so yeah, I still have 
anxiety is about that. So like I can do like reading shows or whatever. Sure. But I'm like, can I not read this, please? Can yeah. I just talk? Because yeah. I will do much better. Because I can't even read my own writing with and feel comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I have to practice, practice, practice. So. Yeah, I absolutely understand that. But do you think the this dyslexia comes from the the hyperactivity and like jumping ahead and how quickly your mind processes things, or do you think it's two separate issues? Uh, I think it's two separate issues, but I think they are commingled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, yeah, I mean, very much so. Like I, because when I'm when I am forced to focus and when I'm like when I have that anxiety push to like really really focus, mm-hmm. it's not an issue of like I'm jumping ahead and like. Mm-hmm everything like that uh i mean there might be to some degree like the anticipation you know coping mechanism i was using yeah um you know just a manifestation of uh the distractibility and being like you're over preparing just read this read the you know two sentences that you think it's going to be and uh but yeah i think it's very much you know dyslexia is very much something that's just consistently throughout it's like you know people have you know, word search issues, you know what I mean? And that Mm -hmm. is always been a thing for me, you know, not something that I've developed as I've gotten older, Mm -hmm. but like literally, literally as a kid being like, okay, so what's the word for this? And then having to like come up with three words to describe something. Yeah. And people like, oh, you mean like a bread, bread or (laughs) an elevator? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The big lifty box. Um, (laughs) And, you know, so, but that, you know, but that I think fundamentally fuels creativity because mm-hmm. everybody else is like, cool, these are the set standards. These are the rules. These rules work. I'm going to use them. Whereas dyslexic people are like, cool, those are the rules. Uh, okay. So those are the rules. Um, <laughs> I, I am going to occasionally get them wrong. And then I need to figure out how to fit back into those rules mm-hmm. and stretching out those rules and making it, um, making it work for them as opposed to work for it um how do you focus on stage uh so i uh yeah uh so basically how i focus on stage is uh so i have a one that's another issue that uh i always work with is a, I, the robot robotic dynamic because i try and be very very meticulous with my material mm-hmm. and it's like this needs to be said exactly like this and exactly like this mm-hmm. so anytime i got into those comedy competitions back in phoenix mm-hmm. i would always be the wild card uh, if i advanced in them um, <laughs> because it's like yeah he's too robotic to actually advance and nobody would told me that either um uh, you know really yeah fun fun dynamics because like no that's his stage presence that's what he does it's like no i can be more relaxed i'm just this is important so i'm being very (laughs) even less relaxed like Mm -hmm. more stringent than normal Mm -hmm. um but then you as time goes on i get a little bit more relaxed and then um but yeah i just try and you know especially now i have uh, when I was first starting, I basically grouped my jokes into four different categories. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so if it's in bad, this... Bad, better, good, and best. Well, that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, topic-based. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, I can do relationship material. Mm-hmm. Relationship material is going to be great um, mm-hmm. until it is not great anymore and people are going gonna to be sad by it because all of the <laughs> subtext that you were not picking up in your marriage is in your jokes, you just didn't, okay, so we'll get to that maybe later, <laughs> but uh, it was very, it's like, I, but that was a whole dynamic of, like, being, like, cool, I can't believe there's so much subtext and so much understanding here, but I'm writing it as opposed to actively 
understanding it. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that childhood, uh, general miscellaneous, um, then like wordplay or whatever. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, cool. So if I have, uh, if I can't think of anything, I have a one-liner I can mm-hmm. just throw out. And usually it'd be one about me wearing a wooden watch, which I'd be wearing because I have a nickel allergy. And so I'd be like, and, you know, sometimes I wear a wooden watch. And then I could do that joke well because that was automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could think of whatever I wanted to do next. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that ended up uh, working out fairly well. And then as time got on, I just got a little bit more comfortable with it. And now, uh, same sort of dynamic, but it's basically like a soft story, if that makes sense. Sure. So yeah. the uh, there is a, you know, for each five minutes, at least I try for it, uh, each five minutes or each, each set um, of like, okay, start with childhood go through education, um, maybe some relationship stuff, um, into the workplace, you know, random, you know, one-liners will get dispersed throughout that if I need them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's generally the thing. So mm-hmm. by making it a narrative arc on uh, a through line to some degree, even if it's just like communication's weird, yeah, uh, works out really well. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I do the exact same thing. Yeah. And it does, I think, I originally thought it came from being theater trained mm-hmm. and going, okay, there needs to be an arc to a monologue. Right. But it also really helps focus because I know the trajectory of where I'm trying to hit by right. the end of the set. Um, how, how do you push through anxiety like creating writer's block and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, so that uh, has always been really, uh, really frustrating. So, like, just uh, in the last few... so. Um, you know, I, I moved at the beginning of the year and I was like, you know, the idea of... To oh, New York? To New York, Oh, yeah. wow, you're that new. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to New York. I have all this material. And then I'm going to do open mics. And I came and people were getting their Just for Laughs tapes together. So I'm like, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible comedian. I have not done anything <laughs> good. Um, my best material isn't even remotely like this. And that's a mix of derves, a mix of like seeing everybody at trying to do their A material all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, throughout like, okay, cool. I'm also in New York. I can try new things. I can try and like do sketch. I can try and do, you know, you know musical. I can do a writing. I can do all these things. And so, like, getting distracted Mm -hmm. um, with those things and being like, okay, I'm going to go off on those. And so, usually, that's helpful because it's like, okay, I'm getting more exposure. I'm getting more experience. Um, But then when the crash comes, you're like, okay, cool. Go back and start doing open mics again because you got the time again. Yeah. And you go to them and you're like, cool, I came up with this new idea. And then it doesn't go well, and it's like, cool, that's not actually a joke. That's just an interesting piece of information I wrote down. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't bothered to yeah. write an actual joke with it. It's just I've built some characters, I've built a scene, mm-hmm. and there's no payoff. Uh, and that's, that's really frustrating because then it's like, oh, the, I thought that was good. Like, yeah. I, how did I not see that that wasn't funny beyond just the concept? And... Uh, so that can lead down kind of a spiral of anxiety of like, mm-hmm. okay, can I actually write jokes? Yeah. Um, am I, you know, am I understanding, you know, the the fundamental piece of the formula of what makes something funny? Mm-hmm. Uh, and am I able to articulate that? And so eventually, you know, things will snap into place and it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but 
the initial anxiety of that is pretty pretty harsh yeah and does that pre- prevent you from moving forward um i think that you know at least for a couple days it might okay um i don't uh i try not to worry too much about it so mm-hmm. like a worst case scenario it's like okay cool i'm not going to i'm not going to go to open mics because i don't want to um further insist on trying to make something work that doesn't yeah and i'll be like okay i'll try and write it and then i know my voice well enough to be like okay i can perform this for myself okay that should technically be funny yeah um or that should technically work i can do that next Mm -hmm. time i go to an open mic Mm -hmm. and or have a show or whatever and yeah and so that's you know i basically just give myself those extra that extra time of like don't don't focus on this one thing you can't make fit just live you know Mm -hmm. get other things done and then come back to it Mm -hmm. you know i and i have like uh i have a tendency to use you know legal pads and stuff like that to like write out notes and ideas and so anytime i do that and like this last month i was feeling kind of the kind of that way and i'm like oh cool i'm not being productive i'm not being creative it's like cool okay well then you're gonna go through your notebooks and you're gonna transcribe all the things that you've been writing for the last decade or whatever mm-hmm. and it's gonna be annoying and you're mm-hmm. gonna you, but you, the the aspect of like you do not have writer's block at this time you didn't have writer's block you have all this stuff that is not in anything safe uh it's in a mm-hmm. weathertight tote but that's about it mm-hmm. uh but you need to you know eventually digitize it and once i start doing that i get through a couple stories i get it through a couple of joke books everything's fine that's wonderful that that makes a lot of sense so you just proved to yourself that at one point you were funny and you will be funny again yeah exactly you mentioned earlier not picking up subtext about your relationship yeah yeah and you were married i was yeah so i uh was in a relationship for uh about a decade almost nine years uh and then we got married and then 18 months later we got divorced Mm mm-hmm um, because uh, uh, fundamentally we had bad communication, mm-hmm. um, but uh, also we were just very inconsiderate and very uh, lacking of underst- like willingness to like communicate mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like our concerns and worries. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you know that dynamic came through in the jokes that I wrote. Sure. Um, and so the anxiety I felt about the relationship that she had with one of our mutual friends. Yeah. Like the very like emotionally close relationship, but like also good. Like I'm a comedian. I'm out a lot. You're hanging out with this guy. He's my friend. But hey, sure. it's no big deal. Um, but it's a big deal. And I actually feel bad about it. And I don't know how to express that to you. So I wrote jokes that, you know, the subtext of them were like uh, based in the... Uh, Uh, anxiety that I had about that anxiety I had about the relationship in general Mm -hmm. uh, what have you and but the one thing I always would do um, in the uh, my failure of communication uh, was I would bring up those jokes and be like hey is it cool if I tell this joke Mm -hmm. Um, and like are you comfortable with that and you know if you ever become uncomfortable with it you let me know and I'll change it or I won't do it um, and then when we got divorced, she's like, oh, you always tell these horrible jokes about me. I'm like, nope, uh, I may have done many bad things and been mm-hmm. very inconsiderate in a relationship. But I know the one thing I always did was I always asked you if it was OK. Mm-hmm. And like, but that's another thing. It's like, I think that on some level, 
in uh, relationships where you don't uh, have comfortable forms of communication. I think that many times she did not feel comfortable saying because she could see like, hey, that's a funny joke. If I tell him he can't do that joke or if I, I'm uncomfortable with it, that's going to upset him. And yeah. so I think that there were like and at that at, at that time, it was like, well, no, I'm a I'm a good guy, you know, and everything like mm-hmm. that. But like looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, that that was probably really nearsighted of me. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, like those jokes are freaking fantastic. <laughs> um, those are very good jokes. Um, but like in telling them, uh, I uh, in uh, after I found out uh, that they were seeing each other and everything like that. Uh, you know, I I did not handle it great. Yeah. Um, I would I would imagine yeah. not. Uh, it was not uh not my best time, and uh, that's another thing. Um, uh, when that sort of thing happens, people are talking about you or like, hey, that's going on. Yeah. You know, what's the context? And so, but I wouldn't hear any of it. They would just be of like, course. they would know about it, and then, uh, the dynamic initially was like, oh yeah, how's how's she doing? How's it? How's your relationship? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. We're gonna. Like, I was a divorce attorney for six months. Uh, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Like, like objectively, I can tell you. Uh, so, you know, eventually uh, I did, uh, I started doing, you know, like, the new Matt stores are like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna write all these jokes. And I was very mean-spirited, a couple of very mean-spirited jokes that people would later say, like, the people were like, oh, you said such mean things. But it's like, you never saw the mean jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like, those were barely jokes. And, mm-hmm. like, I had one host come after, uh, come up after a set of mine. He's like, whoa, that was just depressing. And I'm like, eh, I promise this will be funny. This yeah. will be fun. Like, I'm just telling it and it's mm-hmm. going to be funny. Uh, but yeah, a lot of times it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. And so it was depressing and were you depressed? Oh, wow. So, so, so depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, uh, not a great time. So I was, uh, uh, the, you know, having anxiety attacks while sleeping, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, go to sleep, anxiety attack, waking up, cold sweats, mm-hmm. going, trying to go back, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, perpetual cycle and it sucks. I was actually thinking about this today. Uh, with work, I have to get a new ID, mm-hmm. and uh, we have our pictures on our ID. Mm-hmm. The day I took my picture, that night she asked me to leave the house. So there's a smile of somebody's like, "Hey, our problems are turning." Like, like I knew there were problems, but I thought like they were generally like we were doing okay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like we we had you know instituted like ways to communicate better and stuff yeah, like you're that. We to work through it, right? Work through it. We needed to go to counseling months before mm-hmm. that, but. Um, you know, that guy in the picture is so happy because he started just two days into a new job mm-hmm. and things are, he knows things are going to turn around. And then that night he's like, oh, hey, I just went on a walk. Hey, can you, can you go stay with your brother? And it's like, you don't have to leave tonight. It's like, yes, I do. You don't wake somebody up in the middle of the night and they don't leave, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, that was pretty, uh. It's a, just a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And then now in like, you know, a month or two or whatever, I'm going to have a new ID. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, that was always weird. And I always feel bad. This is a good example of how inconsiderate I was at the time. Uh, because we had a, you know, we had a conversation of like, okay, so like what's going on? Like, you know, a, a very clear and effective conversation that went up into the point of like, hey, I'm actually seeing somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, who you know very well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, and then in that conversation, we were like, hey, let's not post about it, let's not talk about it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I find out that information, and then I just stew on it, and mm-hmm. I sit on it, and I'm ta- a few people know, but it basically just festers. And basically, I go, you know, I mentioned previously, anxiety hole. Mm-hmm. That anxiety hole got way too deep. And so, uh, you know, I didn't go as bad as the Kardashian guy, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't make one Facebook post that uh, was poorly interpreted, Um, (laughs) which was, uh, this will be my only post about this. Uh, uh, My uh, significant other and I are going, are getting a divorce. Um, On a positive note, at least I don't have to make gluten-free cookies anymore, which I think was fantastic. Like a very, very great, uh, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, Many people were like, that's how you're going to announce that? Like, are you that yeah. are you that disconnected from things? And like I was, but like still super inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, in in the alternative, uh, like basically at that time, I was so deep in that hole that uh, that was just a cry for help to get like, hey, cool. Everybody that sees this, that takes this seriously and is like, hey, are you OK? I'm going to be OK now. Yeah. Whereas telling them in person and them being like, whoa, that's a lot to lay on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then anytime I was out at a mic or anything like that, they're like, hey, are you cool? Mm-hmm. And I was constantly getting people, hey, are you cool? Because like mm-hmm. that's not something you would do. Um, so, yeah, you know, feel bad about it. But also at the same time, it ended up working out. Mm-hmm. Do you ever write material about getting divorced? Um, I do. Um, you know, most of it uh, is, you know, either like in my discovery of uh, mm-hmm. how they how they were uh, got together because it was uh, through Apple products because there was the pop-ups in the corner of the screen of text yeah. messages and I'm like why would you share an iTunes account with me if you have your your text messages popping up like that's just that's absurd yeah. like that's hor- that's that's download cheating download WhatsApp yeah yeah, cheating 101, man. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do it, yeah, do it right. Do it right. Um, so there, you know, there's some stuff about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's aspects of stuff I'm working on, like I'm working on, but like just concepts that I know that are funny, like having uh, the juxtaposition of being a divorce attorney and then getting divorced mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. Yeah. Um, and then uh, being in the divorce process and like taking off work and getting ready for my court appearance and be like, okay, I'm ready to go. And then my attorney forgetting to tell me that like, oh yeah, no, we we resolved that issue. We don't have to go to court. <laughs> and so I show up at court and I'm just like waiting there yeah. until I'm like, okay, it's like 30 minutes after and I call him and he's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we got that we got that canceled. Like everything, we got that issue resolved. I'm like, nobody told me Uh um like it's fine i'm not going back to work this seems Um, indicative of something this seems indicative of something (laughs) like i should okay uh, i'm gonna go get a burrito and uh, i'm gonna take a me day um yeah but yeah so that's uh so aspects like that of Mm. just like being um not aware and not uh uh you know fully understanding the context of what was going on and then being like, okay, cool. Um, but also it's kind of hard to get that out in short form, if sure, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, because it's like, oh, you got, like there's a certain degree of context that needs to be there yeah. uh, for certain aspects of it to mm-hmm. to work. But I think, you know, in time it's going to come together. Yeah. Do you think that the um, the personal growth was worth the alimony? Oh, no, we don't have alimony. Oh, um, yeah. so no, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but 
um, you know, at the time of, you know, when I moved out, I'm like, hey, if you need me to pay for the, uh, you know, you know, utilities or anything like that, I'll continue doing that. I'll continue to do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, no, nope, just transfer them over to my name. I'm like, this is a further indicator that we're getting a divorce and not just having a separation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, I was like, okay, cool. And then like eventually through email, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I feel like I got to, you know, you're an attorney and you you're going to make more than me for the you know the rest of your life and everything like that and i feel like i gotta ask around i'm like you have a lawyer like don't write that email you know you're wrong yeah like that's not like i was willing to help you throughout the Mm -hmm. whole process like i'm that's the one thing that's hard in looking back on it and then also drafting the material Mm -hmm. um is that uh i am uh it's a it's a balance between understanding objectively like okay these are the things that happen in these uh, sorts of situations and then also understanding how easily it would have been or how easy it would have been uh to just tweak a couple ways of how she interacted with mm-hmm. me to get whatever she wanted yeah. um and me being like yeah i would completely do that because mm-hmm. like my natural state is not to be mean to people like i very actively try not to Mm -hmm. and so that whole process was very much people being like cool like you have the way in which you've decided to interact here Mm -hmm. with the facebook post that was inconsiderate do not do that do not go out and try and be mean to people like or Mm -hmm. you know like the underlying point of that may have been to get help but don't actively try and hurt these people like that's not you you're gonna feel guilty about it um and then all the emails all the communicate and so basically that turned into block their phone numbers only Mm -hmm. communicate through email you know don't respond immediately think through things draft an email and then you know save it in a draft and then come back and you know edit it all these things you know don't respond in emotion um but all of the uh, communication I was getting back from her end was very much in like an emotional state, very angry, very like, uh, hey, you remember this time? Let me mm-hmm. make you feel bad about it. Sure. Yeah, and very, very, um, very uh, negative. Um, so I, uh, uh, throughout that was just like, how do I, and, and now really is, you know, how do I, you know, project that how I, um, you know, come to terms with the fact that, like, I uh, basically could have, it, it could have turned out very, very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the fact that, like, I wanted to be kind and I wanted to be considerate, but it's like I was not getting the, uh, I was not communicating with somebody that literally at that point knew exactly how to manipulate me. Yeah. Like, if she wanted to, it was very, like, her friend or, yeah, her friends. We're telling her, like, you need to be nicer to him if you want him to do things for you. You can't send him <laughs> messages like that yeah. because he doesn't, re- like, you know he will read that and he will skim it because it's like, this is mean. I don't want to know what this <laughs> says. And then he won't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're nice and, yeah. you know, you're like, hey, I can understand. You, you even feign empathy. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's a... Uh, yeah, it's just hard. Has that experience made you better at like looking at people and how they treat you now and getting better at that? Uh, yeah, you know, I still have, uh, you know, uh, I'm not on Reddit anymore because um, <laughs> I uh, still have the, t- and like that's another thing when I was yeah. an attorney, I'd read briefs and I would read them personally. And I'd uh-huh. be like, this is, 
they're talking about me. This is uh, they're being mean to me. This is my argument's good. Uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a good lawyer. Uh, but yeah, generally, uh, as a as a dynamic, I think that that experience uh, has better you know prepared me to interact with people because you know it's the the melding of the you know objective analytical expectations of okay this is what the situation is and then like oh cool i can actually empathize with this person that's going through this hard time mm-hmm. and be like okay this is what helped me but also here's some very practical things that are going to happen to you yeah and the that's always been a thing that i've always liked uh when i was a kid uh i had some nickname but i don't remember what it was um, but people would basically come to me and ask me like hey what should i do here and it usually was like uh yeah you should probably see a doctor um or like you yeah i'm sorry you should see a doctor he's like yeah i have like the one that comes to mind Mm -hmm. uh is this guy was like really insistent on like yeah you're my friend really needs to talk to you you really need to talk to him he finally opened up and he's like yeah i have an extra hole in my uh urethra or you know my penis it's like a second urethra uh and i'm like cool see a doctor Doctor. (laughs) like that's like i can't I'm not going to stitch that up for you, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, that's not a, like, you can you can go to a doctor for that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what can you do? But uh, same sort of thing. Like, mm. people would come to me, and I'd tell stories, blah, 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 and I'd try to help them out and figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, I think, probably one thing that led me into going into law, too, because that gave me a very practical means to be, like, to continue to be that person that people confide in and say, Hey, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say, you know, what I know and be like, you should talk to this person cause they actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, so that's a, uh, a nice dynamic of being able to, you know, try and do that for myself, if that makes sense. And finally get to a point where it's like, okay, if I, was objective you know a person coming to me what would i do in this situation or how can i do that same thing for somebody else yeah i think that's also the root of most like cognitive behavioral therapies is like how do you see this objectively what would you advise someone to do there's that old adage treat yourself like a friend you like right and i think that's what you seemingly learn to do and are growing on so that's good yeah i try to Thank you very much for doing this. Absolutely, thank you. I really appreciate it.